This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's up? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, filling in for Sean Kelly. I'm here at our Smoothie King Center studios as the Pelicans get set to take on the Dallas Mavericks tonight at 7 o'clock. No shoot-around today for the Pelicans, so uh, won't be able to bring you any sound until later on today. Um, but the Pelicans just played this Dallas team on Saturday night. They fell to the Mavericks 107-98, and hopefully tonight the Pelicans return to favor and get their first win of the season uh, before I get into what our show is about, I want to say thoughts and prayers are with the Toussaint family. As everyone found out last night that Alan Toussaint, um, the famous New Orleans musician, passed away at the age of 73. If you remember, in 2008, Toussaint was part of the NBA All-Star Game that was here in Dallas, part of that great halftime show. And again, such a um, big piece of New Orleans music here. Our thoughts and prayers are uh, with the family during this tough, tough time. So just wanted to say... Um, quick something about Alan and uh, sad, sad news when uh, everyone woke up this morning and found out about that. Um, but we do have a good show to you today on a, on a brighter note. Um, we have lots to talk to previewing Pelicans and Mavericks as Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com will join me as he always does on Tuesdays. We'll also have Jake Seeley, another Tuesday tradition. He'll talk fantasy football as part of our fantasy focus presented by Xbox One. And then we'll have Mark Stein from ESPN.com and uh, ESPN. He'll cover, he covers the NBA, so we'll talk some storylines um, heading into tonight's game around the league and talk about the Pelicans' slow start. Um, how about the Bears? A big comeback in the fourth quarter propels them over the Chargers. I believe the Bears now are 3-6 and six on the season. And then if you watch some basketball last night, the Atlanta Hawks um, almost came back. They were down 30 at the half to the Minnesota Timberwolves, but the T-Wolves would hold on thanks to Big nights from Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, who has four double-doubles in his first six games. He's only the fifth player in NBA history to do so. So Carl uh, Anthony Towns and the Wolves looking good so far at 4-2. and two. The Hawks fall to 7-2. and two. And as I mentioned, the Pelicans will see them tomorrow night as part of a three-game road trip in Atlanta, Toronto. And we'll finish it out with a New York City matinee on Sunday against the Knicks. So lots to get to. On this Tuesday, so uh, let's get going. When we come back, we'll start with a Pelicans preview with Pelicans.com writer Jim. The Pelicans schedule has just been released, and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. It's the hottest comedy event of the year, the Comedy Get Down World Tour, with Cedric the Entertainer, Dale Hughley, Eddie Griffin, George Lopez, and Charlie Murphy. One hilarious night of comedy with the funniest comedians in the country. Get ready to laugh like you've never laughed before with Cedric the Entertainer, Eddie Griffin, Dale Hughley, George Lopez, and Charlie Murphy. Saturday, November 21st, 8 p.m. in the Smoothie King Center. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. The Comedy Get Down World Tour. It's the best comedy show, period. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. 
All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, it's Tuesday, which means it's time to talk a little Pelicans with Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer. And Jim joins me now on the phone as he lies in his chateau getting ready for tonight's game between the Mavericks and the Pelicans. Hello, Jim. Hey, Daniel. How are you? Good. I'm guessing you're enjoying this morning with no shooter around that you can enjoy, you know, maybe a swim in your big pool, maybe uh, hitting, <laughs> playing on the tennis courts, maybe a little croquet in the morning. I think you're probably enjoying your nice yeah. little morning off, right? I haven't decided which of those options. I might just go to my personal bowling alley and, and do that. I might that might be what I what I decide to spend my morning doing. So, but we'll see. Well, I might have to head your way then if that's the case. That sounds like fun. <laughs> All right, Jim. Let's talk about tonight. Pelicans or Mavericks? We see them again for the second time in uh, a few days, and then we do the same thing with the Hawks tomorrow night. Um, I know it's tough being zero and six, and I was talking about you with this before I don't want to keep beating a dead horse about this team you know losing six in a row what to talk about some of the defensive struggles but I want to just ask you this and I know some fans are wondering about you know is 0-6 are we digging ourselves too deep in a hole to get out of but is it is it still time to panic yet or I I feel like there still should be some more time to say give this team a couple more a couple more games and uh, then maybe it might be time to panic but is it is it still too early to panic in your opinion I think it's it's still a little too early to panic. It's definitely not too early to be concerned. I mean, like you said, this conference is extremely difficult, and you know you're already six games under 500, which 500 is is not even. Uh, I mean, that's a, obviously a prerequisite to even talk about being a, a playoff team in the West. Um, so yeah, I think. It might be a little too early to, to really um, say the sky's falling, especially since they don't have any semblance of the team that we expected that was going to be on the court. But they definitely need to start putting some wins together and not make this um, deficit even bigger than what it is right now. Yeah, I know everyone wants to talk about, you know, everyone says, oh, we keep making excuses with injuries and um, we only had nine players available on Saturday. Drew's on a minute restriction and can't play on back-to-backs, but – I mean, isn't that the biggest problem right now is that there's not enough healthy bodies, and when you have a new system and a few new players, it's hard for everyone to mesh well. Is that the biggest problem right now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you got – I think the most obvious thing is probably just that you have a few guys that um, are playing a lot of minutes that you didn't even think would be, you know, in the rotation or weren't even on the roster. So, I mean, it's kind of a domino effect. You you have guys that – you didn't think would play would be on the team that are playing a lot. You have guys that you thought would be reserves that are playing starter minutes. And so, I mean, all the way across the board, you have people in positions or situations that were unexpected. And I think that's one of the biggest um, ingredients to, to, you know, not winning games is you, you have people in positions where they have to kind of outperform what, what they've done their whole career. So, so yeah, I would say that's, that's probably the most, obvious thing i mean there's other other factors as well but but that one if you wanted to tell the shortest story on on why things have gone the way they have it's it's got to be that i would say one of the bright sides as far as his passing goes is this smith i know sometimes he struggled on his shooting and um he said he missed about five or six layups the other night um but it's probably shot better from three than two which is surprising for him but he's also top five in assists so as far as, you know, replacing someone right now, as far as Drew Holiday, it's on back-to-back, even though he has struggled at some point. It seemed like Ish Smith has at least done a good job of facilitating at the point guard position. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think 
I think he's done, Coach Gentry said this a few times, he's done exactly what they are asking him, him to do. Um, I think it, it's, help, it's helpful to have a guy, even though, like you said, he's, he hasn't shot that well, and he's not a great shooter. I mean, throughout his career in the NBA, he hasn't even really been that consistent on free, to shoot, free throw shooting, which is unusual for a guard. But I do like the fact that, that um, he's passed first. And I think with having so many guys who need the ball in this lineup, in this um, starting group, if you're going to have if you're going to have a guy come in, you know, that you sign basically off the street, you want to have somebody who's going to be unselfish and look for people instead of somebody who's going to, you know, gun shots all the time. So, yeah, I think he's he has been good. You can't fault him at all for what's happened so far. He's definitely played well at times. Now the Pelicans, uh, due to all the injuries, have applied for a medical hardship um, and have signed Jimmer Fredette. Um, a familiar face uh, for Pelicans fans last season, although Jimmer kind of struggled uh, last season for the Pelicans. Um, one, will he make that big of an impact as far as playing time? Is this more for just having another body? And also, for those who don't know, Jim, can you explain the medical hardship about um, how long we can keep Jimmer if that's the case? Because I know it adds a roster spot without us having to release anyone. So just explain to me a little bit right. about the Pelicans picking up Jimmer and about the medical hardship. Um. I mean, the the hardship part of it first, I would say, basically you have a set amount of time where you can have 16 guys on the roster. It's not it's not an indefinite thing. There's there's a limit to it. But with all the guys that they have out right now, they're granted the ability to to go above 15 guys, which is really rare. But um, you know, at, at a certain point, basically what happens is that when the whatever the time frame is, when that's over. They have to. They'll have to make a roster move at that point, and they'll be able to have. They'll have to go back to 15 guys. So that's basically, in a nutshell, the way that works. As far as Jimmer goes, I mean, I know people have talked about his. Uh, I mean, his forte is shooting, but he didn't shoot well last year, so it was really um, kind of a wash of a season. The one thing I would say, if you're if you're trying to look at it from an optimistic standpoint, though, is it seemed like you know a lot of this was the depth that the team had and different the way that the rotation was, but um, I thought when he shot, when he had bad games, you, you last season you wouldn't see him again for a week or two. If he, he actually had a couple stretches in the end of December where he played well, but he still wasn't really back in the rotation. So, I mean, from his perspective, I'm, he's not the kind of guy that would point fingers or, or make excuses, I don't think, but it did seem like when he played well, you didn't necessarily see him – it, it, it didn't translate into more minutes, and when he did, when he played poorly, you, you know, he was he was kind of invisible for a week or two. So I don't know if he was really in a in the kind of situation where he could consistently get into a groove last season. With that said, though, I mean, I'm you know, if if you have the kind of year he had, I don't think you can say, you know, he deserved to play more minutes either. So, but um, I, I, I'll be I'll be interested to see how much he plays. I do think, though, in the situation that they're in, I don't think they can – they don't have the luxury of saying, like, hey, we signed this guy just to have an extra practice player or an extra body. I would think that he's going to get a shot to play just because the situation is so bad right now where they're going into some games with only nine players available. So as crazy as it sounds, I mean, just having, like, a 10th and 11th guy is, is helpful. You, you, need the, you need the extra players in case, you know, God forbid there's more injuries or – um, even foul trouble that comes up within games.
Yeah, and on Saturday night, there was, uh, I know Luke Babbitt was in foul trouble. He had 5,000 in the third quarter. Brought you only down to eight guys basically available. And um, when you have another back-to-back situation like tomorrow night, you might have uh, Jimmer play a little bit due to Drew Holiday probably not playing unless he doesn't play tonight and ends up playing yeah. uh, tomorrow. Um, I want to talk about Anthony Davis a little bit. I know he kind of struggled at the beginning of the year, um, but I know a lot of that had to do with the spacing and these players trying to get AD a little bit more open and space out the floor a little bit to create more for him. Um, do we feel like we've been getting the Pelicans, I would say, getting better at that as far as uh, getting AD more space? Yeah, I think so. I think in the last couple games he's definitely gone back to looking a lot more like the, the player he was last season. Um, I think they've definitely figured out a few things. I think it's helped to have, you know, Ish Smith has been – definitely making a point of trying to get him the ball in the right spots and at the right times, And he seems to be, you know, his opportunities have definitely come closer to the basket instead of kind of catching the ball at a standstill um, 20 feet out or away from the, from the rim. So, yeah, I think, I mean, of course, curious to see how he does in, in these, this back-to-back. But uh, I do think based on the weekend that he's, that, that's probably more of what we're going to keep seeing from him throughout the season. Let's talk about the matchup with the Mavericks tonight. Um, the Pelicans did not have Drew Holiday or Omer Oshik on Saturday against the Mavericks. They were hanging with Dallas through three quarters and then kind of let it slip away in the fourth. Still not sure whether Omer Oshik plays. And for that matter, Drew Holiday, because you never know about them switching it up as far as the back-to-backs are concerned. I'm assuming he'll play tonight. Um, but what do the Pelicans have to do better um, tonight in order to finally get their first win? Um, You know, I think – I do think – that now that you mentioned that, I do think that Drew will play tonight. We don't know for sure, but Elvin Gentry said that he thinks he's going to play in the home part of the, these back-to-backs. They actually have quite a few back-to-backs coming up where they play the first game at home and then the second game on the road. So um, that was sounds like that was kind of the plan. But in terms of what the Pelicans need to do better, I mean, I think a lot of people have focused on the, the shooting that they haven't shot that well. I think one of the areas that has not been talked about very much but has been a pretty big problem is the rebounding so I think that's one area where they need to to focus on more obviously it doesn't help when you have centers out and who's one of their the top things on their job description is to rebound Mm -hmm. but um I think that's probably one of the areas that I think has probably been the kind of unnoticed aspect of how they've struggled so far is they're pretty close to the bottom of the league in in um in rebounding so far all right, good stuff. That's Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. And, of course, keep an eye out for um, his stuff throughout the day as he'll get you ready for Pelicans and Mavericks tonight at the Smoothie King Center. No shoot-around tonight, but we'll have he'll have coaches availability um, as usual around 5.30, and then we'll go from there. Jim, always a pleasure. I'll see you at the arena tonight, my friend. All right, look forward to uh, talking to you later today. Happy bowling to you if you end up doing that. <laughs> All right, man. I'll try to uh, I'll try to break my career high of uh, 125. Today. That's it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, two, 250. I meant. Okay, right. I, I figured you were wrong on that. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, that's Jim Eigenhofer from Pelicans.com. When we come back, we'll get a uh, national perspective on the Pelicans and the NBA as Mark Stein joins us from ESPN.com. Stay with us. Life is busy. You need healthcare that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that, so we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. 
Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. This is Anthony Davis, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. Time now to get a national perspective on some of the big storylines around the NBA. And to help us out with that, I'd like to welcome in Mark Stein, who covers the NBA for ESPN and ESPN.com. Mark, thanks for the time as always. How you guys doing today? We're good. We're good. Mark, I want to start off with your thoughts on the Pelicans. I know it's been a rough start for them given the injury situation, but did you think this team would be 0-6 to start the season? Well, the schedule isn't, hasn't been very friendly either, so when I think you combine the schedule and the injuries – uh, it was certainly possible. I've actually seen the Pelicans twice already. Opening night in Golden State, uh, the recent visit to Dallas, and I mean, if you're missing three, four major members of your rotation, and you're playing the Warriors twice, and you're playing playoff teams, it can happen. So uh, I think everybody around the league feels some sympathy for Anthony Davis and Alvin Gentry to have to be dealing with all this already. Because I, you know, I don't know if you you guys saw some of the tweets I was putting out Monday, but the, the the history is is not very kind. I mean, we haven't seen a team start 0 and 6 in the West and make the playoffs. You have to go all the way back to the Phoenix Suns of 96, 97. And that, you know, everybody knew going into the season you don't want to get in the hole because it's the West. But uh, unfortunately for the Pelicans, they've they've already kind of found that hole. Yeah, that was actually going to uh, bring up my next point. You talk about the tweets. It was the 96-97 Suns, like you mentioned. The last team to do it was the 0-4-0-5 Bulls. But is it still too early to count this team out? Or like you said, does history say that uh, this is going to be a tough uh, challenge for the Pelicans to get back in the playoff hunt? It's obviously going to be tough. I'm not going to write them off because, you know, there's been a little bit of flux already. Um, some, you know, we, we've seen some surprises in the West teams like Minnesota and Portland have done better expected coming out of the gate. Uh, you know, I think it's too early to just say it's impossible. Right. But we also don't know how long is it going to take for your Norris Coles and, and Tyreek Evans and these guys to, you know, how, you know, how soon – is it going to take for the Pelicans to have the full team? I don't think it's a question anybody can really answer at this point. Yeah, I agree with you there, Mark. Um, Mark, uh, I know we've only played about a couple weeks into the season, but name me a team in each conference that has been the biggest surprise to you, whether it's a positive or a negative surprise. Well, Minnesota, I think they they have to be your surprise team mm-hmm. in the West. Uh, you know, Portland would have something to say about that as well. But after after what we saw last night with Minnesota running up a 30-point halftime lead on Atlanta. They haven't lost a road game yet. Uh, obviously, they, they began the season in absolutely tragic circumstances with the passing of Flip Saunders, and it's such a young team, and nobody quite knew how that would impact them. But they, they've, they've really played well here. 
fantastically well and you know no matter what happens this season they have such a bright future because they have so much young talent there I think in the east you'd have to say Detroit the way they started the season they go into Atlanta they win opening night okay they they weren't able to beat Golden State last night but but they're off to a really good start uh you know we'll see if if Reggie Jackson was uh you know we'll see how badly he got hurt in that that Golden State game has an ankle issue to deal with now but they've they've been a very pleasant surprise in the Eastern Conference uh you know Drummond and Reggie Jackson have just been putting up video game numbers so uh, this is a time of year you're going to see surprises. There's going to be a lot of fluctuations. Um, you know, November's the month for that. But, uh, you know, at, I guess, you know, Golden State and Cleveland, the Spurs, you know, uh, we've also seen a lot of things that we've expected to as far as the top teams and how they've looked. Yeah, I want to go back to Detroit for a second. You mentioned Andre Drummond. If he keeps putting up the numbers like he has and Detroit keeps winning, will you see him – as a potential MVP candidate later on in the season, MVP no, no. but All Star you can put him in now. I mean he's he's taken a major major step, and uh, you know he's gonna get he's gonna he's gonna get he's gonna get a contract like Anthony Davis in yep. the off season. He agreed with the Pistons that they would hold off and wait because it gives the Pistons some extra cap room. Him not do an extension before the deadline on November 2nd, but next summer he's going to get a five-year deal that looks looks a lot like ADs. That's how good this guy is. We're talking with Mark Stein from ESPN and ESPN.com. You mentioned the Warriors. They just look so good right now. 8-0 to the start of the season. Steph Curry and the rest of the team look better than ever. Can this Warriors team compete with the 95-96 Bulls as far as best record goes? You know, people are already starting to ask that question. Mm-hmm. Too uh, early? They, they, they are so focused and have begun the season with such sharpness you know i think we all kind of expect or we're conditioned to think that teams that know how long that grind is how hard it is to make it all the way to the finish line that inevitably there was going to be some kind of let up coming into the season and then obviously they don't even have steve kerr on the bench they lost andrew bogut their starting center on opening night to a concussion in that pelicans game he just came back last night so it hasn't exactly been smooth for them but they are just playing with I mean they're torching teams they're absolutely mm-hmm. ripping through the competition and yeah I mean if they stay they, they're so deep and and still relatively so young I mean if they stay healthy is 70 wins a possibility I think you'd have to say yes which is sacrilegious to some people to think mm-hmm. anybody can come close to that that 72 and 10 Bulls team but uh, these guys are special. They got something really special going in Golden State. No doubt about that. Before I let you go, I was looking at your power rankings yesterday, and one of the trends you brought up uh, was the Eastern Conference and their solid start. I know most people believe the West is so much better, but are we not giving enough credit to the Eastern Conference for how some of these teams have looked to start the season? No, the West is still a lot better. <laughs> I think we all want to, anytime we see a, a sign of life from the East, we we get very excited about it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, I think as as the season goes on, you know, last night was Golden State's first game against an Eastern Conference team, for example. As the season goes on, I think you'll still see a big advantage on the west side of the fence. And in the playoffs, one to eight, the East depth-wise can't compare to the West. If if Cleveland has a full-strength team or even just close to a full-strength team, 
there isn't a scenario you can dream up where the Cavs don't make it to the NBA Finals. The, the Cavs, you can almost write them into the to the East Finals. Now we're still trying to figure out, you know, who the second best team in the East is, where the challenges are going to come from. Uh, in the West, you're vulnerable to a first round exit no matter who you play if the matchup's bad, and 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 the East is not there yet. So. There's definitely been some encouraging signs in the East, but I, I wouldn't say that, that they've you – know, we're going to need more evidence before we start right. saying they've closed the gap here. Does Atlanta seem to be the only team right now that can compete with Cleveland? I know it's really early, but um, who else can it be that might be able to contend with Cleveland? I, you know, I, I thought so, and I think I'm in the minority with how much I like Atlanta and then what happens. You know, I, I – I waxed poetic about the Hawks <laughs> and the rankings, and they, they, they fall behind 72-42 at halftime to Minnesota. So um, I think even the Hawks still have some questions about uh, their, you know, what their ceiling is. Uh, I, I do think they still have a very strong team, but even if they're full strength, you know, who would pick them in a series against Cleveland? You're, you're, nobody would. You're right. not going to see that. Cleveland – doesn't even have Kyrie Irving yet. They're integrating Kevin Love. Love's fitting in better. Uh, I, I, you know, it's just really hard to. Um, it's really hard right now to see where the push is going to come for Cleveland. Now again, it's way too early to be writing teams off or mm-hmm. making these kind of declarations. But you know, Chicago obviously has a lot of work to do, and I think that's probably the team that that people thought would would be. Cleveland's closest competitor. But you look, the Raptors have gotten off to a nice little start. The Knicks are showing some signs of life. Uh, you know, the Wizards have the best backcourt in the Eastern Conference. I mean, the East, the East is definitely it is more competitive than it is than it was last season. I think it's probably more interesting. But uh, you know, I think I think the firepower still 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 resides in the West. Absolutely. That's Mark Stein from ESPN and ESPN.com. Mark, I appreciate the time, and I hope to see you in New Orleans real soon. Me too. All right. Thanks, Mark. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to fantasy football. You're listening to The Black. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show. Big thanks to Jim Eikenhofer and Mark Stein for coming on today's show. Now we turn our attention to fantasy fo- football, as we always do on Tuesday. It's our fantasy focus presented by Xbox One. Jake Seeley for RotoExpert.com joins us. And Jake, I remember last week, I believe you went 13 of 13 in your fantasy teams. Did, did you have the same luck this week? Uh, almost 12 and 1. Wow. That's like, <laughs> so you're 25 and 1 your last two weeks. 
Uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a Drew Brees type of streak going on here. There you go. That's why we have you on the show. I mean, he's a true expert. I mean, if you go 25-1 and one in two weeks, he's got to know his stuff. So, Jake, I'm going to rely on you, as I always do, for my fantasy football advice. And we'll start. I wanted to change it up a little bit, not go as far as particular player, as far as whether we should play him, sit him, bench him, or trade him. But I want to talk about the biggest fantasy surprise, a good surprise so far uh, this season. Who do you have for that? I actually have a couple real quick that I could give you. Is uh, Two of them are quarterback. I think uh, Carlson Palmer was one that I think a lot of people were expecting to be good. It's just whether or not the fact he could stay healthy. But I don't know that anybody was expecting him to be as good as he has been so far. Uh, it's just great to see him. He's top five quarterback. Uh, you look at the numbers, I don't think there's any question in your mind he's going to continue that for the rest of the year as long as he stays on the field, which is only, like I said, it's been the only question with him. But even more surprising, I would say, are two teams, and you can kind of say some players mm-hmm. from both of them, are the Jaguars with Blake Bortles. Uh, as much as everybody liked Allen Robinson, I was a big fan of Allen Hearns. I wasn't even expecting him to be this good. We have two Jaguars receivers in the top ten so far, and Bortles is a QB1, which just really wasn't expected no matter how much you like them. And then the same thing goes for the Raiders. Uh, Amari Cooper had a ton of hype behind him coming out of the draft, deservedly so. And Michael Crabtree, all the talk was he looked healthy coming into the season. But I don't think anybody was expecting to see two of their receivers in a wide receiver to a higher level and Derek Carr being a QB1 so far. These are two teams that going into the year, you have a lot of people in drafts just saying, ah, I want nothing to do with the Jaguars. I don't want anything to do with the Raiders. And yet we have six players from these two teams that are probably winning new leagues. It's just great to see, especially from teams that have just been basically fancy landmines for the past couple of seasons. I'm glad you mentioned the Jaguars. Does that mean Hearns, Robinson, Bortles, are those all must plays throughout the rest of the season? I haven't. Yeah, I think so. I've been saying that for the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything that's going to change it outside of, of course, Alan Hearns right now is dealing with a tweak in his ankle, whether or not that bothers him this week, we'll have to see. But uh, if everything is fine, there's no question in my mind I'm starting to maybe, I would say Bortles and Carr, outside of being a must-start, like maybe if they're going up against, I don't know what their schedule is exactly, but and I don't think either of them play the Seahawks, but that's just an example. If they play the Seahawks or if they play the Broncos, I know one of them has the Broncos. I think Bortles does, or Derek Carr definitely does. Mm-hmm. Uh, those would be matchups where I'd say, okay, you know, even the best quarterbacks in the NFL, I'd probably stay away from those teams. So talking about two young guys like this, I'd say then definitely. But outside of that type of matchup, yeah, I think they're both my stars. All right, give me now a biggest fantasy disappointment. I have a feeling I know might know where you're going with this, but I could be wrong. Uh, let's see if I'm right on this one. Can I say C.J. Anderson and move on to the other ones? I have yes, let's, let's do I that. Think, yeah, yeah, so C.J. Anderson, the obvious one. We all know about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say another one at running back that a lot of people haven't talked about and kind of just dismissed, but there's a lot of owners for people who drafted him. You can ask them, and they are very disappointed and upset. It's Alfred Morris. I, I think the assumption was always they were going to get – either Matt Jones or Thompson more involved in the passing game. But Alfred Morris had been a top 15 running back year after year after year. And when he got the majority of the shares running the ball, he was an RB1. He's basically been worthless, dropped in a lot of leagues, and it's just really disappointing for anybody drafted. And the same thing you could say a lot about the Dolphins. I mean, everybody Mm -hmm. was on board. This is similar to what – it's just the Dolphins, everybody expected to be the Jaguars. You wanted the quarterback of Ryan Tannehill to be a QB1. You wanted plenty of receiving options. Jordan Cameron came over and was going to have a great year. Lamar Miller was going to have another great season. And that fancy team has just been 
disappointing across the board except for Lamar Miller of late now that they've made the coaching change. Ryan Tannehill is still up and down. The wide receivers are eh, outside of Jarvis Landry. You don't have a lot of value there. And Jordan Cameron has been a huge disappointment himself. So there's a lot. It's strange to say nobody would have thought going into this part of the season we'd say that the Dolphins are a disappointment fantasy-wise and the Jaguars have everybody excited. Yeah, I definitely didn't see that coming, that's for sure. Um, Jake, how about a couple guys or maybe one, whoever many you have, uh, someone worth trading for for a second-half playoff push? If you're looking for a push of something that could win you your league, I, I keep saying it last week and I keep saying it again, go get Andrew Luck for the what you can get him for, for the price you have to pay is so dirt cheap of what he can do. I know there's questions about how healthy he is. I think that's uh, maybe kind of a masking the whole situation. I know the offensive line hasn't been amazing, but that's a pretty good game to go into the bio of a really tough matchup where he looked pretty good. He almost mm-hmm. looked like the Andrew Luck we used to know. And if Andrew Luck can even be 90% of the Andrew Luck we knew from last year, he will win you your league over these last couple weeks to see what he just did last year. And like I said, he's on his buy. You're going to have people willing to pay less or spend less, I should say, um, to get him so you can be able to get Andrew Luck for probably some RB wide receiver depth that you could pass off for him and turn things around and then another one I would say this is a risky one but again if you're looking at you're in the middle of the pack and you're trying to take that risk to hopefully win your league I would say go get Eddie Lacy he could be disappointing for the rest of the year he's been disappointing so far James Starks looked better he could be banged up with his groin we don't know the entire situation that being said Eddie Lacy didn't all of a sudden just become not good. He's still a talented running back. So, again, he could bomb out. You could get a wasted trade here. But at the same time, this could be somebody who could turn into at least the top 15 running back the rest of the way and win your league. It's one of those, depending on whether if you want to take the risk to try and win your league. Gotcha. And with Andrew Luck, you mentioned, you know, his division is so easy, too. I believe those matchups got to help his favor as well in the second half. Am I correct? Yes, he has actually a terrific matchup in the second half. And that, yeah, you could say the same goes for trying to get T.Y. Hilton because he hasn't been. He's actually, you could put him on a disappointment list for what everybody wanted to see from him this year. So you could get T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck if you're looking at two guys from that team. And that schedule, yeah, they have one of the best schedules in the second half. All right. And um, I know we're talking about guys to trade for. How about a couple guys worth picking up this week? Uh, there's just, there's a few. It's a little bit of a more quiet week, and that's what's going to happen towards this part of the season. But you can still find a few guys out there at quarterback. I will say if you need help this week or next because of the bye, Marcus Mariota doesn't have the best matchup this week, but has a great one against the Jaguars that we've been talking about. And you just saw what he could do last week with the four touchdowns. He has the rushing ability, which has always helped him. Uh, running backs, I talked about Eddie Lacy, so you have to get James Starks just in case. He leads the way, whether or not Lacey's out or whether or not Lacey gets back to being himself. And then, obviously, the big news was with New England. The only problem there is now we're back to the frustrating New England we used to know, where mm-hmm. you want to take Brandon Bolden, but it could be James White, or it could be somebody to sign off the street that, that comes in and takes over the entire situation. So you got to take a stab. you got to go get Bolden or White if you can, just in case they turn into Deion Lewis. But you could be frustrated. And at wide receiver – I saw a lot of people drop him over the last couple weeks. I don't understand why, especially if you waited this long. But Devontae Adams, he has proven that he's right back into being the number two option of that team ahead of James Jones. He will be a wide receiver, too, for the rest of the way. Just what everybody thought he was going to be in the preseason. So if he's out there, you need to go pick him up. Good stuff. And before I let you go, um, Saints have had some nice fantasy weeks. I know they're 1-1 and in the last two weeks. But uh, which players are worth playing against the Redskins before they head off into their bye week? 
just about all of them. Mm-hmm. you, you got to start Drew Brees against that offense. Uh, Drew Brees is a must-start no matter what, yeah. as we've seen. Mark Ingram, again, uh, you know, we talked about it last week. I said, ah, it's nice when a disappointing game is still about 10 fantasy points, mm-hmm. and that's what he did again last week. He didn't find the end zone, but against Washington, this sets Mark Ingram up for a nice week to probably score. Uh, you could probably, if you're looking at deeper leagues, they're not very good against pass-catching running backs a lot of times, so you could get C.J. Spiller in deeper lineups. At receiver, it's obviously Brandon Cooks and Willie Sneed are in your lineup every single week. Ben Watson has put himself in that tight end one position where you always want him out there. But so if you're talking about the non-obvious names, uh, you can still probably get Marcus Colston or Brandon Coleman in deeper leagues if you have a lot of wide receivers on the bye. The only issue is, as we saw last week, one week it might be Coleman, one week it might be Colston. But the upside is there that if you need that flyer, if you need that potential to potentially score, uh, either one of them could be good, especially against a Redskins secondary, which hasn't really been stopping anybody this year. This might be a crazy question. I might get some flack for it, but I know the Saints defense has struggled. Um, but against a not-as-good Washington offense, is it worth, if you need a defense on a whim, is it worth maybe taking a chance on the Saints, or do you try to avoid them right now? No, the, the, the defense actually hasn't been as bad as people would think, especially sometimes. And this is one of those matchups where you could potentially, like you said, you get some turnovers. The Redskins' defense does give up a lot of points to fancy defenses. So you could get some turnovers and potentially a touchdown, which is all you need, especially actually it could happen in the return game, let alone with all the punts that they'll be having. So it's a sneaky play. You could definitely uh, probably get some value out of them because, again, this is what we talked about with the waiver wire. It's thin at this time, so if you're looking for those matchup plays, you're going to have to go find a team like the Saints or the Cowboys or those type of teams that aren't owned by a lot of players. All right, good stuff as always. That's Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus, presented by Xbox One. Jake, always appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Yeah, hopefully another 12-1 or 13-0 week, right? I hope for you, and hopefully a 3-0 week for me. I got 2-1 this week, so I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Oh, uh, yeah, turn it around. Get on get on board with me. Absolutely. All right, when we come back, I'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Black and Join your New Orleans Pelicans this Tuesday, November 10th at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when the Dallas Mavericks tip off against your New Orleans Pelicans. It's Veterans Appreciation Night presented by the World War II Museum. Come out and honor the veterans who have served this country bravely. The first 8,000 fans in attendance will receive dog tags. Tickets start as low as $21. So don't miss out on any of the action and call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. All right, before I let you go, quick reminder, Pelicans and Mavericks tonight at the Smoothie King Center. Sean Kelly and John DeShazer will have the call at 7 o'clock on 99.5 WRNO. And the Pelicans Radio Network, I'll have Pelicans warm up for you starting at 6.30. And, of course, Fox Sports New Orleans will carry the game starting at 6.30 with their pregame show. And then Joel Myers, David Wesley, and Jen Hale will have the call starting at 7. It's Veterans Appreciation Night with all fans in attendance receiving Pelicans dog tags courtesy of the World War II Museum. Tickets start as low as $21 and are available at 525hoop and pelicans.com. So come on out 
and uh, honor the veterans tonight at the Smoothie King Center and hopefully see a Pelicans win against the Dallas Mavericks. And it's also a guy's night out tonight. You can get uh, two tickets and four beers starting as low as $50. The guy's night out six-pack is presented by Fulton Alley. So lots of reasons to get out to the Smoothie King Center tonight. And again, hopefully the Pelicans get their first win of the season tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. And it's off to Atlanta after the game as the Pelicans will take on the Hawks tomorrow night at Phillips Arena in Atlanta. Sean Kelly will uh, host a black and blue report from Atlanta tomorrow as uh, he'll have David Wesley on to break down tonight's game and uh, preview the Pelicans versus the Hawks. And, of course, we'll have plenty of post-game reaction, and you never know who else will stop by. Hope to see you at the arena tonight. Big thanks to our guests today, Jim Meikenhofer, Mark Stein, and Jake Seeley. And until tonight on the radio, I'm Daniel Salarson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.